Today's daf is Nedarim daf Beis, and we are Be'ezus Hashem in the beginning of a new Mesechta, Mesechtes Nedar. Today's daf is being learned, Le'ilu'i Nishmas Chaim Elazar, Ben Yabadol Chaim Reb Shimshin Aryeh, and Le'ilu'i Nishmas Reb Simcha Bonim Ben Meir. Today's daf is also being learned as a Schus Rufur Shalem of Eschariah Shalem Ben Bacheva Simcha, and for Moshe Abba Ben Devora. So, Mesechtes Nedarim, as its name suggests, deals with the laws of nedarim. So what exactly is a neder? Loosely translated, a neder is a promise. But the truth is, it's a gross oversimplification of what a neder really is. Okay, so what is a neder? A neder, from a halachic perspective, is when a person takes something that is mutter and says that I want this thing to be aser. A person has an ability to do that, and when he does that, that thing will become aser. Now, just to give it a little bit more context, one of the chidushim in the Torah is that a person has an ability with his pet, with his koyach adibor, to create reality. A person can make something hectish. Think of the significance. You have something, it's schulen. Any person that wants can have enough from it. You're maktish it. All of a sudden, it gets kedusha. All of a sudden, it becomes asibahana. All of a sudden, you're allowed to bring it into the azara. You can use it to serve Hashem. A person with his mouth can be makabal nazirus. A nazir has a very special parish in the Torah. He can't eat and drink certain things. He can't cut his hair. He's not allowed to enter a base akvaris. How does somebody become a nazir? By saying two words. Hareini nazir. A person can make a shvua. A person that makes a shvua is now going to be bound by whatever it is that shvua was. A person could also make a nether. Meaning, a person has the ability with his koyach adibur to go and create a mitzias that without him having said what he said would not have existed. Now, just to explain it a little bit better, the Torah answered several things. Meaning, a person is not allowed to eat chazer, a person is not allowed to eat nevela, a person is not allowed to eat treifa, a person can't eat basavachalov. There are many things that are quote-unquote dvarim asurim. Some things you can't eat, some things you can't benefit from, but most things a person is allowed to have enough from. The Torah gave a yid, a special kayach, where he has the ability, if he chooses to do so, for whatever reason, to make that item into a davar aser. Mesechnes nedarim deals with this concept of neder, this idea that a person has the ability to take something that's mutter and make it aser. So what would be a classic example of a neder? person has a piece of meat, you're allowed to eat meat, it's glad kosher, but the person says that I want this piece of meat to be aser. By simply saying that, the meat is now going to become aser. That's the concept of a neder. Now, it's kedai just at the onset of the Masechta to explain a little bit a nuance that's going to come up again and again. And that is, so the word neder means sort of to promise, but we gave it a more nuanced definition. The word shvua means to swear, which in English is very similar to promising. It too has a nuanced definition. And it's kedai to really deher, the chilik between a neder and a shvua, as it's a theme that's going to come up in today's daf and really throughout the entire Masechta. The Gemara on Amid Bey's says that there's a chilik between a neder and a shvua in that a neder is iser chetza, a shvua is iser gavra. What does that mean? When a person makes a neder, he's saying that something that's mutter should be aser. The chetza now becomes aser. 
even though really it should be mutter, but to you, being that you said you want it to be aser, the chefza is now going to become aser. The Gemara calls it iser chefza. When a person makes a shvur, there's nothing being chal on a chefza. A shvur would be, a person says, I swear I'm going to eat meat. Or, I swear, shvua shaloi oichal basar. I'm not going to eat meat. The shvua bounds the gavra. And the shvua says that if you swore you're going to do something, or if you swore that you're not going to do something, you have to do the thing you swore you were going to do, and you can't do the thing that you swore you were not going to do. So, the shvua is going to bound the person by what it is he said. However, nothing's chal on the chefza. Everything that's chal is chal in the gavra. So if a person makes a neder on a piece of meat, he can't eat the meat. If a person makes a shvua on a piece of meat, that he won't eat it, he can't eat the piece of meat. But it's not the same thing. A neder that I'm not going to eat a piece of meat would mean that the piece of meat itself now becomes a davar aser. It becomes a chefza shaliser. Nevela, trefa, basavachalov. If a person swears, a person makes a shvua that he's not going to eat meat, nothing happens to the meat. You, the gavra, are now bound by an iser that you're not allowed to eat meat. Not But it would be comparable to Yom Kippur, for example, where there's an iser day raisa for a person to eat. It's not the pshat that all the food in your house on Yom Kippur suddenly becomes non-kosher. The gavra has an iser. He's bound by the laws of Yom Kippur. And as a result, you're not allowed to eat the meat. So, Neder and Shvua, you can see, are very, very similar in many situations. But from a fundamental Chalois perspective, they're very different. Neder is what we know as Isser Chefzo. Shvua is what we know as Isser Gavra. Okay, so a person has the ability to make a Neder. Now what? So a person made a Neder that this piece of meat should be Yasser. Now let it eat the piece of meat. What exactly is the Isser? So the truth is the Torah talks about the Isser of Nidarim in two places. The Torah talks about it in Parshas Matos, and the Torah talks about it again in Mishnah Torah in Parshas Kiseitze. In Parshas Matos, the Torah says, Ishki Yidar Neder Lashem, a person that's going to make a Neder, or he's going to make a Shvua, lesser Isser al Nafshoi, to make something Asr, number one, Lo Yachel Devaroi, number two, Kechol Ayoitzim Yipiv Yasa. Lo Yachel Devaroi means that you're not allowed to make your words Chulin. If you said that this is something that you are going to do, if you said that this some meat is going to be awesome, you have to treat it like it's awesome. Treat it like it's awesome means you're not allowed to eat it. So there's a loisase in the Torah of loyachal devarim. Additionally, that's a mitzvah say. You have a proactive obligation to go and right now make sure that you're going to observe the nether that you made. In Parshas Kiseitse, the Torah again talks about nadarim and says, tishmar. a person has to heed, he has to watch. What comes out of his mouth? The osisa kashenodarta l'Hashem aleikecha nedava asher dibarta beficha. So moitzis vasecha tishmar the osisa kashenodarta l'Hashem aleikecha nedava asher dibarta beficha. So again, two asharis related to the fact that a person has to make sure that he observes his nedara. Now the word tishmar is a word that means loisase. There are certain words that mean loisase. Loi, al, ishomer, and pen. So moitzis vasecha tishmar v'osisa at first glance sounds like is a loisase. And then you have v'osisa kashenodartu l'ashem l'kechem edov asher dibartu b'ficho which is another assay. So if you tally it up, there's the loisase of loyachel devaroi. There's the assay of kechola yoitzim yipiv yaseh. You have moitzis vasecha tishmar v'osisa which sounds a little bit like a loisase. Kashenodartu l'ashem l'kechem edov 
depending on how you read the pasuk, sounds like there might be an assay as well. So not only is the parsha of Nadarm a parsha of a loisa assay and an assay, could be there's multiple loisa assays, multiple assays. Lamaynafkimina, the sugis of assay doicha loisa assay. We know assays doicha loisa assay. Assay is not doicha loisa assay. Assay the parsha of Nadarm at first glance would be a parsha that would involve multiple loisa assays and assays. Now, because the parish of Nadarim involves so many Surim, it's for that reason one of the themes of Masachtis Nadarim is going to be that it's very, very chomer for a person to violate an Isra. In fact, Chazal said things that are hard to say out of your mouth with regards to the Avera and the Oynish that a person gets for violating the Isra Nadar. In fact, the Gemara says in many different places that the tzaddikim, the upkehit in a mansion, would stay very, very far away from ever making nadarim. Loshna Mishnah coming up later in the parak. Kinidre Rishon, the Rishon, literally. Mamish, the evildoers. These were the ones that used to make Nadarim. But people that were Shomir Torah Mitzvahs, they would not, not make Nadarim. Why not? There's nothing wrong with making a Nadar per se. However, if you're going to go make a Nadar, now suddenly you're bound with multiple Isurim. You're taking upon yourself extra credit. It's very, very nice. There's maybe some Frumkite involved. Syogle. Precious is Nadarim, but at the same time, you have to really, really be holding by it. And at the end of the day, Chazal looked down upon people that made Nadarim. Obviously, there's a much longer shmuz. Yaakov Avinu made a Nadar by Yidar Yaakov Nadalemar. David Amelov said, Nishpati So obviously, there has to be exceptions to this rule. But generally speaking, it's without question the whole concept of Nadarim, even though a person has a right to make a Nadar, and there's nothing wrong with making the Nadar, there's something wrong with violating and not observing the Nadar. But at the same time, this concept of Nadarim was something that was very much looked down upon by Chazal. What happens if a person makes a Nadar? Is he stuck and bound by this Nadar for the rest of his life? Does it have an expiration date? So, for example, Nazirus, we know, Stam Nazirus is Shloishim Yom. There's no Allah Stam Nadarim is Shloishim Yom. A person makes a nether, the nether is going to be in effect forever. So, is there any way for him to get out of his nether? So, we all know the answer. There's two ways for a person to make a nether and not be bound by his nether. One is Hafara, and the other one is Hatara. What's that for? So that's a parish in the Torah. It's parishes matos, where the Torah says that a married woman that makes a nether, her husband has a right to be made for the nether. It's one of the schusim that a husband has in his wife, and he has the right, if he wants, to be made for, to repeal this nether, that the nether is not going to be a nether. Additionally, a girl that's not yet a Bagaris, if she would make a nether, her father has the ability to be made for a nether. There's also a parish of the Naira Murasa, which is one of the Molomdash Prakim, not just in Masechta Siddharam, but in Shas. It's at the end of the Masechta where the Gemara talks about a Naira Murasa, where the halacha is Bailava Avia with a Shutfis Mefir in the Dara. But either way, there is a Mahalach for someone to make a nether, and this person will not be bound by the nether. That's the parsha of. Hafara. There's another way, and that is the parsha of Hatara. So a person makes a nether, and then he regrets the nether. So there is this concept of sitting in front of either a chacham or gimel hudyaitis. You say shimun or rabbi We're all familiar with the nusach. We say it every erev rosh hashanah, and then at the end, mutalach, 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 and any nether that you made, you're no longer going to be bound by. So there's really two ways to do it. There's hafara, and there's hatara. 
throughout Mesechtus Nadarim, what we're going to see is that there's a fundamental difference between how a Baal is made for the nether of his wife versus how a Chacham is matter the nether that somebody makes. When a Baal is made for a nether, he removes the nether, Mikanu Lahaba. So as long as the nether was there, the nether was there. However, Mikanu Lahaba, moving forward, the nether is no longer going to be there. When a Chacham is matter a nether, he doesn't do it Mikanu Lahaba, but rather he's oiker the nether lemafreya. He makes it as if this person had never made the nether. So in Lumdis, very, very different. Hafara is Mikanu Lahaba, as opposed to Hatara is something that works Lamafreya. The Lumdim say that Hatara doesn't just work Lamafreya, it works Mikanu Lahaba Lamafreya. Just like Rebchaim Briska said that Mion, which is Oiker Ishos Lamafreya, but it's Mikanu Lahaba Lamafreya. So in the same vein, Hatara is Nadarim, this is already for the grace of London. It's something that's oiker the nether lamafreya, but not mamish lafreya. It's mikanu lahabal lamafreya. Just an in- interesting observation. Tain l'chacham v'yech gamoid, pun intended, and that is that the parish of Aforos Nadarim is mentioned in the Torah. It's a parashas matas. In fact, it's a very, very lengthy parasha in the Torah. From the beginning of parashas matas until Sheni, 17 psokim. So you have the Psuke HaToyra, that talk about the parish of Aforas Nadarim. The parish of Aforas Nadarim is not mentioned in the Torah. Not only is it not mentioned in the Torah, the Mishnah says in Chagigid, that Hetin Nadarim Porchen Ba'avir, the Ein Lahem Al-Masha Yismuchu. It's one of the most Mechudishtiga parishes in the Torah. Because it's literally, it's Porchen Ba'avir, it's floating in the air, the Ein Lahem Al-Masha Yismuchu. The Kama Kumas and Nishtabru, the Svarim, all talk about, what does this mean, Porchen Ba'avir? It's sort of get the sense of what the mission is trying to say. But the words probably have a peerish, and there's different pshatim, but there's something very, very unique about Hataras Nadarim. So the parish of Afara is a mikromoe in the Torah. It's posik after posik after posik. It's literally very, very wordy. The parish of Hataras Nadarim is written so beremiza, it could be it's the most beremiza thing a parish in the whole Torah. Just a little bit of food for thought. So now, the next question is, how do you make a nether? So we understand the concept of a nether, but how do you make a nether? And the truth is, how you make a nether is really the topic of the first part of Asachtas Nadarim, and disproportionately, the Lomdus of Asachtas Nadarim very much focuses on this question. How exactly do you make a nether? What's the short answer? There's two ways to make a nether. One way is to say, very, very simple. A person wants to make a nether. He wants to say that this piece of meat that he was just served, he's not going to eat. So instead of saying, no, thank you, I appreciate it, I'll pass, he says it in a dramatic way. He says, kikr zeh, oser alai. He says, this piece of meat is oser. Okay? Et gret. Mitbak tzene, fleishig And as a result, this piece of meat is going to be oser. You said you want the piece of meat to be oser. This piece of meat is going to be oser. There's another way to do it. And apparently this was very popular back in the day. And that is, a person would say, not that this piece of meat should be oser. Never says the word oser out of his mouth. But what he says is that this piece of meat should be like a carbon. You want me to eat this meat? This meat to me is like a carbon. What does he mean? A carbon is us. You're not let have anah from a carbon. By you saying that you want this piece of meat to be like a carbon, essentially what you're saying is that this piece of meat should be us. When a person makes a nether, not by saying that I want this piece of meat to be usr, but by saying I want this piece of meat to be like a carbon or something else that's usr, he has made a nether using the medium 
that we know as Hatfasa. Hatfasa is that he's Matfas. He takes a Dovra Mutter and he stoles it too. He compares it to something else that's Aser. A person can make a nether by simply saying that this thing is Aser. A person can make a nether through the medium of Hatfasa. There's a big discussion in the Rishayim. The Ran right here in the beginning of Masechtas Nadarim. The Ran in the second paragraph of Masechtas Shvuz. And this is really a major, major Shmuz. You learn Nadarim in Yeshiva. You hear many, many Shirim on this noise. And that is, what's the Iker way to make a nether? Apparently, there's an Iker way to make a nether. And then there's all the secondary ways of making a nether. And the question is, was the primary Nusach of making a nether? You're going to make a nether and you're going to do it. Mahadrin, mina mahadrin. You're going to get it 100% perfectly right. What would be the Iker way to make the nether? Is the Iker way to make the nether to say that this piece of meat is Osir to me? Or is the Iker way to make the nether with Hatfasa? That this piece of meat should be Osir to to me, like the carbon is also to me. This is a very, very big shmuz. A mind of if something's ikkerned or not ikkerned. So this is Torah that Hashem will see as we move along. Now, in terms of how it is you make a nether, our Mishnah is going to jump right into it. So really, just a segue from the introduction into the Mishnah. There are two very, very important halachas that govern how you make a nether. One is kinuyim, and the other one is yados. So what's a kinuy? And what's a yad? So the truth is, as it relates to what a kinoy is, it's a machloikis in the Gemara, dafyunam and aleph, a machloikis between Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan says that a kinoy is simply making a nether in a language other than Lashon Kaidish. So the assumption is that the language that you didn't speak is Lashon Kaidish, and therefore you dive in Lashon Kaidish, say Krishma in Lashon Kaidish, so so too you would make your nadarim in Lashon Kaidish. A kinoy is when a person makes a nether, but he doesn't make it in Lashon Kaidish. That's Shittas Rabbi Yochanan. Reish Lakish says that a kinoi are loshon shabadu lehem chachamim liyus noidavai. These were words that Chazal Dafka wanted Yidin to use when it was that they made Nadar. Why? So again, this is something that we'll see as we go through the daf and as we'll go through the, the Kami Dafin. So what is a kinoi? Machalik is Amayra. Machalik is Rabbi Yechon Reish Lakish. According to Rabbi Yechon, a kinoi is making a nether b'chalash and according to Reish Lakish, a kinoi is using one of the words that Chazal Dafka wanted a yid to use when it is he makes a nether. What's a yad? A yad is where a person makes a nether where he says words that you can tell he's thinking nether. However, he doesn't complete the thing that he needs to say. So instead of saying, I want this basser to be like a carbon, then it's very clear what he wants to say, he would say something that is a remist, I want this to be like a carbon, or I want this to be asser. If he does that, he's made a yad. Meaning, he didn't make a complete nether. What he did was a yad. The Ran says, that what's the word yad? Yad is a handle. So like a keli has a handle. You lift the keli, not by holding the whole keli necessarily, but by holding the handle. So so too, a person can make a, a nether by lifting the whole nether, meaning by saying and expressing every single syllable, or he can simply say the handle and give me enough that I understand what it is that this person is trying to say. That's what we would know as a yad. So if a person makes a nether using a kinoi, is it a nether? The answer is yes. It's the first words of the Masechah. If a person makes a nether using a yad, 
Is it going to be a nether? The short answer is yes. The long answer is it depends on what kind of yad it was. Is it yad mechiach? Is it yad she'en mechiach? Some of the sugyas that we're going to learn. So again, just to very, very briefly summarize, what is a nether? A nether is a promise. I promise I'm going to do something. Is that a nether? No. A nether is where a person takes something that's mutter and he says that I want this thing to be usher. There's a chefzah, there's iser. If there's no chefzah and there's no iser, we're not talking about nadar. So for example, when somebody says, I plan on going to the chasana. It's a shtickle amaratzah because neder by definition means iser chefza. What iser chefza are you avoiding when you say, I don't want to say I'm going to the wedding, I'm saying I'm going to go to the wedding. As if to say you can make a neder on going to a wedding. How would you do that? So it could be in the lumdas and the darim as possible, but at first glance, it's not possible because a nether means there's a chetza that is now going to become usher because of what it is that you just said. If a person makes a nether, he has to keep the nether. We just say in the Torah, you have to keep the nether. In Parshas Matis, it says, and it's the, it says, and then in Parshas Kiseitzi, it says, So there's multiple zaseis and loisaseis. If a person makes a nether, there's any way to get out of the nether. There's a parish of Afaris Nadarim, which is something that the Torah goes through, posik after posik after posik, literally chapter and verse in the beginning of Parshas Matis. There's also a concept of Hetin Nadarim, which is Parchim Ba'aver, Fe'enlam Amashi Yismuchu, Afaris Nadarim is Mekano Lahabo. Taurus Nadarim is Limafreya. How does a person make a nether? There's two primary ways. Either you say you want this thing to be usher, or you never say the word usher, but you matfis it in something else that was already usher. There's something called a kinoi, there's something called a yad. What those are, that's the topic of the first time.